The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. How's it going, guys? Uh, we have a little guest with us today. This is Gaia. She's a rescue dog that we've had in our care for several years now. A really nice little dog. I was describing her to our producer, Chrissy, and she said, oh, she's an empath. <laughs> and that is a good way to describe her. She's very susceptible to uh, other dogs' emotional state, other people. If you get upset, she gets upset. So we try to maintain a stable environment for her, and then she does great. You're a good girl. Um, before we get going, it's time for that quirky tip of the day. And what I was thinking would be a great tip is the next time you go to take your dog out and you reach for that leash, just slow down for a minute. Ask yourself why you're using that particular tool. Um, a leash could be have a bungee in it. It could have a handle, one of those traffic handles down at the bottom. And... Um, Ask yourself if it is really serving you. Is it? Did you get it because you had an issue? Has it fixed the problem that you may have had? Uh, is it even going in the right direction? Are you consciously working with your dog and, and the tools that you have are making the situation better? Or do you have an ongoing problem where every time you take the dog out, it's a hassle, but you're not necessarily being thoughtful about how to try to make it better. And um, so just think about it. Think about the tools you're using and are they benefiting you and why are you using them? And it could be that they work great. What you have going on is perfect, um, but it doesn't hurt to reflect every once in a while on what you're doing, why you're doing it, why you use the tools that you use. What do you think, babe? I think that's right. The whole topic today is, is it fixed, better, or ongoing? And that's that's where we're at in a lot of things, right? Like, our personal lives, our country, our world, our dogs, one certain behavior, all this stuff, right? And then we're just seeking for like, what's the next thing that will help? Like, how can I feel better by doing this? And how can I write myself? And what medication? And should I reach for, you know, this drink or this cigar or this cigarette? And really, Scott and I are learning together, really, more so than ever we've known, is the past five years have shown us that like the more steady you are, the more steady your dogs will be. And yes, dogs are getting worse, but kids are getting worse, right? Like I was raised in the Catholic church. I was baptized. I had my first communion. I had my confirmation. There was a lot of structure there. I was thinking last night, listening to a podcast, kids can't even, uh, most kids couldn't sit through church right now. Like that is a, that is a bottom, like that is a baseline statement to make. Like most kids could not go at any age and go sit in church. And some mothers don't want to have to deal with the kid during church. It's just all too much stress. And this working mom thing, like I get it, but what it's doing is it's causing so much of us to have so much stress, right? Like the American dream was keeping up with the Joneses. All of this is this. So if your dog is not getting better, sometimes I think we have to look back and see if it's a little bit on us. And we have to be conscientious of that. And Scott and I really have a difficult job that we deal with a lot of rescues and we deal with a lot of challenging dogs. And if I am not my steadiest and he is not his steadiest and we are not our steadiest, we see it in the dogs. So we're going to talk about this today from a very broad range of topics because 
There's just a lot going on out there, and there's a lot going on in dogs right now, too, specifically. Sure. But uh, sticking with the dog theme, from my point, think about how you're interacting with your dog. Uh, If it's handling, if it's basic handling, if it's something like doing the nails, you know, just clipping nails, and you've been working with some type of protocol, you have some type of a plan that you're incorporating, uh, ask yourself as how long, first of all, how long you've been doing it. Is it fixed? Is it all squared away? Or is it getting better? Or is it always the same challenge that you seem like uh, you're always trying to work on this, but it's never really getting better? And what happened, I would say about maybe a decade ago, is a lot of people would call and say, I tried this and it got worse. It's not that positive training is making dogs worse. That's not happening. That's, that's not the point. Of course, giving a dog a cookie isn't an issue. But if you do not position yourself energetically and strategically, and you do not have this dog sense, if you will, this empath feeling, and part of me at this point is wondering if like really to be like that, you have to have some level of autism or something to really be able to connect to animals like that. But if you are seeing that and you are seeing things get worse, or you are seeing people like not helping people the way that they should be, change it up, switch it up, do something that works in your life, in your marriage, in your house, in your parenting, in anything that you do, you need to do what works for you. And I love Marie Forleo. She's launching Time Genius right now. And it's all about this. Like now we all have ADHD, right? Well, so do our dogs. Like that's the anxiety we're seeing is them shiny object, shiny object, shiny object. We don't like to be alone. It's hard to be alone. We've talked about floating before on this show. Scott's floated the first time. He said, I hate it. So we bought a tank. That's like who we are as people. When it's hard, you dig deeper. You go, you go as deep as you can to get as well as you can. Because if you felt really low before, you need tools to feel better. So we're trying to provide you guys with tools. And our dogs need tools too. And sometimes it's so much stress, right? There's work. There's the kids. There's all these dogs. There's so much to deal with. But if we're not checking in with ourselves and keeping ourselves steady, that may be affecting our animals. So if there's an issue that you're dealing with specifically, let's call it create anxiety. I just sent home the worst separation anxiety case I've had since we started, I think. I mean, it was extreme she for me. She was a difficult dog. It was, it was yes. really extreme for me. That was after my double Salukis. And I'm, I think I'm the only person that's done two pairs of Salukis in New England. But I'm, the, the Salukis love us. So Could be worldwide. Yes. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'm this, we're the Saudi Unless Arabian we're... Saluki trainers. But these dogs, you guys... Yes, some of them are bred and they're strong and everything else. But a lot of these rescues and stuff, they've seen shit. Yeah, maybe they do have some level of PTSD, but you can work them through that. Just medicating them, just trying to band-aid every problem you have in your life is not going to fix anything unless you go to the root of the issues. Yeah, and it's painful sometimes. It's emotionally painful more than anything else to work through these hardships. I mean, it's just it's so much easier to do something else, something that's easy and mindless and distracting. And uh, it is... It does require discipline, and it requires really a deep desire to improve either your dog's mental health or your own, and you got to just work through some tough stuff, you know? And the other thing is, um, and I learned this through experience, is that a lot of times things get worse before they get better. It doesn't mean you're not on the right path. It's natural that there's, we've talked about extinction burst with people quite a bit, which is a child psychology term, where if you've let your child get away with kicking and screaming to get a candy bar at the store, excuse me, and uh, they kick and scream, so you give in and give them a candy bar, Uh, and then you decide, I've had it, I'm not going to give in anymore, the behavior is going to get worse. The child is going to hold their breath, throw themselves on the floor, have a complete meltdown, 
And that will determine which way this is going to go. Either you're going to cave in and say, oh my God, I have to get the candy bar because the child's going to hurt themselves. Or you let them have their tantrum and you don't give in and you move on. The next time you go to the store, they're not going to have the big temper tantrum because they've pulled out all the stops. They've tried everything. It didn't work. And now they've accepted the fact that they can't have a candy bar every time they go to the store. Yeah. And I mean, really, uh, we deal with a lot of dogs, right? And Guy is here. She's laying here calmly right now. This dog has had multiple lawsuits for very serious bites. She is a lot for me. She is, she is like my meter of how well I'm doing, right? She gets the lick spots on her feet, which I've heard before people are saying that that comes from dogs wearing collars instead of harnesses. I don't know the science behind that, but I will tell you that I've seen a lot of lick spots throughout doing this with Scott for, you know, the last decade and stuff. And normally it's coming from stress when the dogs don't have somewhere to go. They go to their feet. If they were barking in a crate or defecating in a crate, if you put a bark collar on them, then maybe they go to the lick spot. So she's a dog that has this kind of stuff that happens. And I'll put a cone on her. I want to stop it. I don't want her to keep self-soothing in this way that's like self-mutilating, right? Like, you know, people that have these odd behaviors that they do that just make them feel better in the moment, whatever the heck that is or why they do it, we don't know. So she has this, but she's calm right now. She just met our producer. She just met someone else who works here. She's laying up here with Scott and I. And like this dog, honestly, go ahead. She's not medicated, by the way. No, no, she's not. <laughs> no, she's not. But this dog, like uh, this is one of the only dogs that I've put on um, CBD with THC for anxiety. She's not on anything right now. She's doing fine right now. But these dogs are like our meter, right? Dogs are either a hassle or a haven. And if they're a hassle, it may be because you need to do some work yourself. And this is something that we're just seeing in this country energetically everywhere, the world. We're angry. We're freaking angry people, right? We're protesting about everything. We're just, we always are wanting to find an enemy and fight, fight, fight and build ourselves up. And social media has like made narcissism rampant. I mean, it's disgusting what people are doing out there, but we can help our animals. So rather than search for an article online or run to a behaviorist or to call your friend who might have some advice who you respect or think about how you did things when you were younger, check in with yourself. If you're having trouble, check in with yourself as a parent. Like these things, what we're doing now, yes, there's less trauma maybe than how we were all raised, you know, 30, 60 years ago, however you're going to go back. But if we don't live in the moment now, we're going to be transcending that that trauma throughout extra generations. And it goes on to our dogs. We just see it every day. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. One thing that was real interesting with uh, Gaia, this dog in front of us, I was telling Chrissy, the producer, uh, before we went on the air. That she was like an empath? Is that she, um, she was always, you know, licking and stressed and all this stuff. And we had her with a dog that she had from the same household. Uh, that we thought they'd be better together because they came from the same house together. And when we separated the two, her stress level went way down. So the other dog does not seem reactive or overly nervous, but somehow that combination was stressing her out. So she's very receptive to other dogs that she stays with. And the way that it was fixed is just her crate is in one room, the other dog's crate is in another room. They can go out in the yard together, they can play together, but she does better with a more solid, calmer dog in her environment or alone. She does great by herself. Yeah. And she doesn't have any... Temple Grandin. She doesn't have any temple... uh, (laughs) She doesn't have any corrective collars on her or anything like that. Oh, yeah. That even that, that's just good to say. She just has a flat collar I'm pretty down and out. Um, Nothing that a little infrared sauna can't fix, uh, but I, we're just pretty low right now, so I didn't even say that. But honestly, this flat collar alone, like 
This is the dog. She doesn't, she doesn't go to get groomed. I can bathe her. I can cut her nails. I don't know the last time I've taken her out in public, and I just trust this dog because she's my dog, and I know her, and she's Scott's dog, and he knows her, and we take care of her. And it's not that people aren't taking care of their dogs. It's just that sometimes this gets off the rails because of how we're checking in with ourselves. All right, let's go to break, and when we get back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my Gaia. That's a good girl. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine Mind Shift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com trying to keep her from falling off the table. She wants to just be kissy and lovey. One other thing I did want to bring up about her, we've talked about the licking, and you can see this. She's doing some, you know, self-soothing behavior, sucky, sucky. And a lot of dogs do attention-seeking behavior. A lot of humans do attention-seeking behavior, you guys. I'm not trying to act like an ass when I say that, but, like, you know, sometimes barking isn't just because the dog's hungry. Like, this dog came to us super fat, and I get it. These dogs don't know how to express their stress or where to give their stress, but, like, some dogs are attention seeking. Dogs are freaking smart. The dog that we just sent home with the most separation anxiety, one of the smartest dogs I've worked with. Like some of these dogs with the most extreme anxiety, we used to tie it into the aggression, but it's also an intelligence thing. And my husband's the first one to say that. Like if you're an overthinker, you're a genius. Like that, if you that's have anxiety. why I don't have as many problems as Jess. You think a but. lot. You think a lot more than you realize. <laughs> Another thing I want to talk about with her is the screaming, right? So she is a dog that I've never heard a dog make these sounds besides the Frenchie. Yeah, like, she, ever. You let her out of a crate and it's... Like, yeah, that's exactly how you sound. And um, honestly, I I don't know. Taylor's probably watching and laughing at us. But, like, there's only a few people that know, like, the extent of that. But anyway, Katie, who was on as the animal control officer who used to watch her dogs, she saw this dog on CBD with THC. And she was like, oh, my gosh. Like, she was, like, steady, calm, even for Katie. Because I am Gaia's meter. And... I am a lot of meters for a lot of things, and I always have been. And if you can do that, that's great. But you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself to be able to take care of everything else. And that is the situation with Gaia. So with the screaming, she can go out on a leash very calmly. You don't have to be feeding her all the time. No screaming. If you just let her do whatever she wants with all the other dogs, and my girls have energy, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, guys, like, my my border collies, they have drive, they have push, they have energy. Like, Vital was on our Christmas episode. She's, like, eating little Debbies out of Scott's hand the whole time. Like, I mean, my dogs are friggin' pushy as shit. So are Scott's. We have a lot of energy in our home. We have Malinois, border collies, rescues, people's rescues. There's a lot going on there. So the screaming, you can totally read the level of the house or the level of Gaia based on her feet, based on her screaming. But I know that just because I've been dealing with dogs since I was three years old. I'm trying to connect with dogs. I'm trying to grieve with dogs. I'm trying to deal with that with dogs. So if I just researched, what do I do about her screaming? If I put a bark collar on her when she came out of the crate and was screaming like that, maybe it would make it worse. Trust your own intuition. Trust your own gut more. You often are correct. What was that book you're reading about the the, the like glimpse moment. What was that oh, called? Oh, blink. Yeah, blink. Yeah. First, your your gut. People are not listening to their gut anymore. They're second in guessing. In relation to diet, everything, and, everything, and energy. So we second guess <laughs> our gut feeling about stuff, and then we find out down the road. Wow, I probably should have gone with my gut. 
You know, quite often uh, we're, we second guess ourselves on everything. You're like kicking yourself everything. in the crotch. Like, shit, I, I should have seen that coming. Like, this, like my, my head told me this forever ago. And these are the types of things that we're not trusting our own intuition as much anymore. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a maturity thing. I, I really don't know what that is. Maybe I, I do think social media does have something to do with it. We have all these influencers. We're looking to see what are they doing? Like, how do we follow them? How do we p- become more like them? But like this like instant attack mode that people have, whether it's on the internet or road rage or on the street, or like it's, it's getting to be too much, right? And the dogs are sensing that too. Like as soon as you see you know, a a meme posted and everybody just starts attacking you or some article posted and everybody starts posting it and the angry emojis and you just start to see this trend happening again. Well, the dogs are seeing it too, right? And we're all sitting at home stressed out of our freaking minds like we've never been and all the shelters got emptied out. Well, all those dogs are carrying all of that stress, right? I don't think Apoquel needs to be prescribed as frequently as it is. I'm not saying it's not a great drug. I totally, or Benadryl, for that matter. Even Benadryl, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that those drugs do not have value. But these were things that back in the day, it's like, oh, look, the dog's face blew up. Let's give him a Benadryl. Now, like, you get a rescue home, and within five days, they're itching their hair off. They're chewing their legs off. Like, this kind of stuff is happening. Serious stuff. Like, legit serious stuff. I understand. I am not making light of anything. Legitimately, the dog that we sent home, she's doing great, but it was, it was serious and she's fine. She wasn't like even self-mutilating, but she was strong, strong freaking dog. Yeah. So in order to deal with those things, you really have to be present and you have to be able to adapt, right? It, this, this one size fits all model is crazy in America right now. Like everyone should do this because this is how you have to do it. Well, not everything works the same for every person. That's just the bottom line. Like things change. Things are different. We're getting some New Yorkers now and people, you know, from that area and that echelon, like, you know, it's used to just be, oh, California, New York, New York. Now they're like moving to this area because they want to get out of the pandemic area, similar to how people are leaving California to go to Texas. So what does that mean for us? And how can we all play in the sandbox nicely? And how can we check in with ourselves? So we're just not jerks. Like that's getting to be a common thing. Well, one of the things about this, um, people, avoiding or, or not listening to their gut is that we just live in our heads way too much now. And uh, we don't listen to our heart. We don't listen to our gut about things. And we need to get more in touch with ourselves. And um, the other thing I wanted to talk about here, uh, we don't have to transition to this right this second, but what's a reasonable time frame for a behavior to improve, whether it's walking on a loose leash or anxiety issues? You know, what is a reasonable time frame? Or anything. I mean, a trick, right? Like I even yeah, mentioned journaling. Trick, sure. And I... I love Susan Garrett. That's probably pretty obvious at this point. We've had her on the podcast. I talk about her all the time. When I'm on other podcasts, I talk about her. I really like Susan. Well, she was really big on journaling. And I did a lot of that kind of shit, right? Like two by twos, video the session, write down, you know, the success rate and all of this. And that does matter. And that does. But then at a certain point, you know enough about training and especially training your own dog that the notes and the video are just taking more time. But like literally, if you're teaching your dog to sit pretty, when did you start when did it end? If you're teaching your dog to walk on a loose leash, when did it start? When did it end? If you've been training your dog since your dog was eight weeks old and it's not walking on a loose leash, like reliably by 10, then that's a long time. Like, no, it should be under 10 years for context. I was thinking 10 months. I know. I know. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. But for context, like if you guys are like thinking of these types of things, the longest we've ever had a dog, we had Mia for a while. That was what, nine months? 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. So we had we had a dog that we did some long term boarding for and everything else. But the longest we've ever had dogs for is a month. The shortest we've ever had dogs for in ten days. That doesn't mean that I'm cramming so much compulsion or Scott's freaking jerking dogs around so much to make that happen. It means that's how quickly you can progress with a lot of things, right? Like I I, I don't understand how we're just saying, oh, I'm just not sure. I just I just don't know. I just I have to I have to go here to find the answer. The answer is within you. Look into yourself for your own answers. Gaia is our proof of that. Gaia is our proof in the pudding. These dogs, what we're doing, it is all our proof in the pudding. So when we just want to do shiny object syndrome and, you know, this freaking smartphone and screw Steve Jobs, like, oh my God, like, and I'm a thank you for everything you've done for technology. But legitimately, like, these people that are working at these platforms are not letting their families be on these devices because they realize that they're psychologically controlling us. So be conscientious of that. And... If you really don't know how long it took you to do something, have a starting point, write it down, right? Like if you have sleep trouble, your doctor is going to say, keep a sleep journal. Let me know when that starts. If you have stomach trouble, keep a diet journal. If you have, you know, uh, behavioral trouble with your kid, keep a journal on this. We're journaling, journaling, journaling. Just write about the dog. Say, it's day one. I'm starting this. These are the methods I use. It should be finished at some point. Is it fixed better or ongoing? If it's always ongoing, is it working? That's what we're asking. That is the question here that we are asking dog owners, America, the world, ourselves. Is well, it working? And I would consider at that point changing the methodology. Uh, and as it relates to It doesn't to say, even have to be the methodology. They can look within themselves and it might get better. Something, well, something a fallout with the dog may have something to do with the, what's going on within yourself. Sure. And if you fix that, it might help your dog. Yeah. Uh, I, when you said sit pretty, I remember... I had a Malinois that I wanted to do a lot of trick training. Omar with. was on the show. Yeah, Omar, so I had was... uh, Omar, who I think arguably is the best uh, trick trainer in the country and possibly in the world. He does dogs for all the movies, commercials. His dogs do extreme tricks and things that are, that's why he makes a great living because his dogs do things that no other dog can do. So he gets the job. So I'm working with Omar. I said, uh, I want to teach my dog to sit pretty. He's like, oh, no problem. Do this, 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 this. I said, well, how long do you think it'll take? <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, ah, three days, three, four days. I said, okay. I went home and worked with this dog every day to the best of my ability. It took me three weeks. And I thought I was like a total failure. I'm like, oh my God, I'm afraid to call Omar back to do my next class because I don't have anything, you know? But at the end of three weeks, my dog had it and he never forgot it. He would sit pretty anywhere and... It was, a, it was a fun little trick that I worked through from beginning to end. And it's not the same with every dog. And I didn't have any experience really doing these tricks, teaching these tricks. But uh, sticking with it and setting aside time to work on that behavior every day. And uh, things should get, you should be able to get a behavior from beginning to end, certainly within a month's time. It, it and if you don't know anything, matter. it shouldn't take more than a couple of months. It doesn't, we, no one is the judge of how long anything should take, right? Like we can't tell you that it should be fixed here. It should be better here, everything else. But if Scott didn't push past those three days and get to the end of three weeks, he wouldn't have had the behavior. Happened, yeah. So frequently we like have a mastermind and they're like, you need to do this and it'll happen in this amount of time. And then when it doesn't, it's like, oh, shit, burnout. Like, oh, didn't work again. Like this pattern is breaking and it's never getting better. Well, that's when we have to look back at ourselves. I mentioned Marie Forleo's Time Genius. I haven't taken the program. I listened to the webinar. It sounds like amazing, incredible. 
Scott has found Gabor Mate this year. We love Gabor. Like, we are into Gabor Mate. Um, he has a lot of good stuff to say, and I think a lot of where, like, the world hopefully is going, like, from the Jordan Peterson to the Gabor Mate thing, and it, all of that may transfer to dogs because, like, within ourselves, the stronger we are in ourselves, the better our dogs are. We've had two strangers walk into the podcast studio since I've been sitting here. My girls would have been, they would have barked once. They would have been freaking charged and crazy. She's calm and she's sitting in my lap. If, if I cannot tell you from this point without working with dogs for 30 years that this specific dog can sit here and be calm and be a part of our family and we love her like our own and we can make her better, I don't know how to help anyone. I mean, that's just, that's where we're at. Like, we want you guys to have the tools. And the problem is, is I think you may already have them. And that doesn't mean you're rushing to Petco to buy a Herm Springer. And why the fuck are they even selling those anymore after the Stop the Shock? I just, I don't know. There's a lot going on out there. But nails <laughs> should work. Things should work. Things should improve. And if they don't improve, we need to look inside. And that is a hard journey. We got our first float tank. How long ago? I mean, you've been looking five, inside five, for your whole ago. friggin' life. Yeah, I mean, Scott did AA. Like, there's been a lot of looking inside. But Every time need... I look inside, I get scared and run away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's why we got to be okay with being alone. All right, you guys, think about yourselves. Float. Do whatever you can for yourselves and help your freaking dogs. And make sure it's at least fixed or getting better. Ongoing forever is not okay. I know, guy. We're trying. Take care. See you, See you next, next week. Thank you. Let's go. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.